has good technique, he will be elite. If his technique becomes great, not just good, then he's a Hall of Famer. Fighting through contact, fighting through offensive line, beating the double team, multiple moves stacked into one, just a play of pure domination. This is actual film, this is actual football talk. It's a football show, we're supposed to football, not storylines. And we're back. We're back with a man who hasn't been on the show in a couple of months, but we are very glad to have him. 11-year NFL uh, defensive back, a Jet for five or six years. I always screwed up. I'm a little little too young. But uh, my all-time favorite Jet, because I consider him a friend, uh, the – as you can see, his his high school right right back there is killing it over there in in Texas. Um, So, Marcus – College. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. We're, we're concerned about other things with Marcus Coleman right now. What's I, up, man? What's going on? You, you, you move around a lot. You go from you go from the uh, Reno League from this team to that team to now you're going at college. You're scouting players. Marcus is a busy man. I, I, I can't keep up. Like I said, I was uh, doing some housework today. I think I'm running like three hours of sleep. So I might be like my IQ might be like dropped like 20 points right now. Um, but not good. Marcus, we got a lot to talk about. Um, we're going to do some like lightning round uh, discussing of the Jets and their season and their offseason. I just want to get your general your general thoughts. And then we're, we bring you on for your professional opinion on some of these uh, secondary players, you know, defensive backs, safeties, wide receivers. So uh, we're going to break down 25, 26 plays of the new Jet. Uh, number one wide receiver in, in Corey Davis and uh, and see what we think about him as a, as a collective. Um, I think you'll I think you'll like him. We'll talk about his fit in the offense and some things like that. But um, to get into some of the Jets talk um, of this season, <laughs> which I know what your response is going to be pretty much because you know you don't really hold stuff back. But what are your thoughts on the Jets <laughs> two and fourteen season? They, listen, like it was so brutal too the season because it's like yeah they're so bad, but at least we're gonna get the number one pick. But then like yeah. I, there was like literally sleepless nights for months straight of like, well, what if the Jags you know don't beat this team, the Jets lose or win this game, and, and then the Jets screw themselves and get the number two pick. Um, but overall, your thoughts on the season? Obviously, you're gonna say it was just dreadful, right? Well, yeah, it was a bad season. You can't, I mean, you, there's nowhere, you know, skirting around that. But uh, with the draft, I'll just go back to this. So while you were worried about and everybody else was worried about the number one pick, you have to remember, particularly with a lot of the moves that have been made, uh, you know, there was still some opportunity that things can happen on draft day. And, you know, we've seen that all the time. You know, let's, I mean, Urban Meyer may decide to, make a movie you just never know you know i mean obviously they need a quarterback so it'd be you know not the smartest thing to do if they did that but we've seen you know different things happen but you know getting back to the season it was i mean it was that was about as bad as it can be i mean unless you want to count the you know the 116 lines uh you know we weren't far behind you know my you know my one my rookie year one in 15 uh, you know, it was, it was, it was right. It's in that ballpark. You know, it's, it was about the same, you know, it, it didn't seem like obviously uh, they weren't on the same page game in and game out, uh, you know, every week, you know, one week the offense would show up, then defense wouldn't show up and then vice versa. So, uh, you know, or neither. Was, you could definitely tell. Yeah. Or neither. <laughs> yeah. You could definitely tell there was lack of continuity. Um, obviously one of the things that no one speaks about, I mean, you may have, but, I don't really see a lot of people talking about is because of 
the rift or the division or how they structure the organization. I'll be PC about it. You know, with Gase and you know and Greg, you know, and Greg Williams, you know, of how he's the head coach of the defense and the head coach of the offense. Obviously, there was no complimentary football being played, and you could see it. I mean, all you had to do was watch the game. You know, if you understand what that means. So it was it was hard to watch. You know, it was, and obviously, it was hard to watch. There are some players that were there that probably didn't need to be there, uh, you know, and, you know, and not necessarily, I shouldn't say that. They probably didn't need to be, didn't need to be starting. They probably needed to be backups or special teams guys or something like that. I don't want to say that nobody needs to be there because they all, they still yeah. work their ass off. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but there should have been a better product on the field and it just didn't happen. So that's, I mean, that's how I saw it. You know I I, th- I think that goes without saying that a two and fourteen <laughs> roster. There's some players on the Jets who should probably be fourth, fifth stringers and not starters. We could mention a few. I'm not gonna go into that. Um, you guys kind of know my feelings. I think Marcus generally agrees with me for the most part. Um, but um, now, in terms of the the reporting structure and kind of after the season, obviously it's a terrible season. The Jets hold the number two pick. There's a lot of discussion. Blah blah blah. We'll get into all, you know into that a little bit. Um, but your thoughts on on the coaching hire um, and specifically with the coaching hire, him basically coming out and saying, I am running uh, the entire team. I'm not going to focus on defense. That's going to be Ulbrich, who was brought over from the Falcons, who he has a connection mm-hmm. with from Seattle. And then obviously he brings in LaFleur. Uh, I always forget like Matt and Mike, where the hell their names in, but the, the younger brother of the LaFleur with the Packers. So there's going to be that mixture of the Packers scheme with the, with the 49ers scheme. We'll, we'll see based on personnel. I tend to think that the Jets are going to be a heavier 11 personnel team. So I think they're going to run a little bit more inside zone than outside zone. Outside zone, you do want those tight ends to be able to assist the block. And the Jets don't really have that Kittle type player. So I think they'll be a little bit lighter personnel. But regardless, I think the offensive system from Shanahan, from the Shanahan trade is going to be better than Gates. I don't know if I'm reaching on that one. Um, no. But what are your thoughts on Sal and the staff and now that the reporting structure is finally changed with both with both now, not even just the head coach um, overseeing the entire team, which hasn't happened in years, at least to, to my knowledge, um, at least since the last 10 years. And now apparently it's where the head coach reports to the GM who reports to the owner. It's not equal terms to the, to the head coach, uh, to the owner. So they really re- kind of changed the entire structure of the organization. So. Right. No, I, I actually, I mean, one, I like to hire I mean, to be honest with you, um, I actually had an opportunity to talk to Coach Salah, um, you know, not long after he got hired. Um, and hold on. He and I, hold on. He, Bro. he and I actually, he and I actually, but we go back to, because when I was playing in Houston, he was an assistant in Houston. So we actually go back. You know what, Marcus? You know what? I said I consider you a friend before this. <laughs> I, 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 you're skating off the ice, buddy. I don't, I don't know what now. Do I don't know what if you do told me you had a conversation with Salah, but, but continue. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, it probably because it wasn't long. It was, you know, just more of a congratulatory thing. You know, it was that kind of deal. Um, So, Mm -hmm. you know, and so just from my past, you know, as a player, you know, and knowing, you know, you know, kind of his rise through the ranks, um, you know, definitely high IQ guy. Um, Obviously, you can see the energy on the field, you know, while he's coaching, you know, he's Mm -hmm. he's aggressive, Um, you know, but he's very intelligent, you know, with how you know, he's, you know, put with how he puts things together. You can look at that defensively, just the way that he runs his games, um, you know, the matchups that he would create, things like that. And I think that's going to carry over into the organization. Now, I think it's good that he is just going to be the head coach. You know, he's going to be more or less the CEO. You know, he'll have his hands on everything, uh, you know, to see how it is. Obviously, I'm sure he'll favor defense a little bit more, even though he has a bet that 
you know, a veteran staff defensively that understands what he wants and, you know, and what, you know, what he, and you'll see a similar, you know, a similar system, excuse me, as you saw in San Fran, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously, I mean, look, and let's just be honest, the Shanahan tree of, you know, whoever's tree that is, it's really the Mike Holmgren tree, if we want to be honest. Actually, it's really the Bill Walsh tree. If we want to call it what it is, that tree's been very successful throughout, you know, throughout time in the NFL. If you go from Holmgren to Reed uh, to go to Kubiak, go to Shanahan, obviously, uh, you know, you see quick passes, a lot of throws. Obviously, you know, inside, outside zone is the biggest thing, uh, depending on what type of back you have. But, you know, for example, you know, and this does go back to, you know, kind of personnel. If you have a Terrell Davis type guy or somebody like that, every now and then you can throw some counters, throw some power in there, uh, yeah. you know, you know, just mm-hmm. as a change up. So, um, and I think you'll see a little bit of all of that, you know, with, you know, with depending on what personnel that they get. So I think it'll be exciting. Um, I mean, you've had several quarterbacks, whether they be rookies or vets step into that system you know, throw for a ton of yards, a lot of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reads are simple. You know, you're really only reading about two things. You know, you know, depending on what the defense is giving you, you're yeah. you know, you got one or two reads. And you mm-hmm. just kind of work from there. Um, but usually, the ball is coming out quick. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but one of the things that all of those, you know, offensive coordinators and all those coaches have had is and it's not even necessarily the running back. The offensive line has been pretty decent, but. They've always had, you know, solid QB, solid tight end, which is kind of the biggest thing. You know, I mean, obviously we can go a little further back uh, when before the the offense evolved into the way that it was, the fullback was being used a little bit more. I don't know if you're going to see a whole lot of that. You know, I still think it'll be, you know, more one back, 11 personnel, you mm-hmm. know, kind of deal, like you said. Um, but the ball's going to come out, but they need somebody on the outside. And they don't have to be elite ones. You know, they can be kind of, 1C, 2A kind of guys on the outside, which, you know, I think Corey is more of a 1B, 1A kind of, you know, receiver, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, you know, but they need guys on the outside, but the tight end is going to be a huge part of the offense. So uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, after they finish, you know, drafting Zach from BYU, you know, how these things are, you know, are going to play out. And yeah, I already um, said it. <laughs> yeah, the, like the, else, yeah, and the and the Shanahan scheme, like the the whole thing with that too, is like it's and it's dominating the NFL right now. And like again, it depends yeah. on the personnel you have. Like I think like a more of like eleven uh, personnel is going to be more inducive to inside zone, where more 12, 21, you can run a little bit more outside. But we'll see. There's still the draft to go. But I'd argue right now that the Jets have four decent receivers. And I, I say the same thing about Davis when I did some like like podcast about it, like whatever film breakdowns is. Uh, like I think he's like a lower tier one or like a high end two from like, based on my right. opinion of watching his film. Um, and we'll get into his film in a little bit. Like I think he's like he's really good at a lot of things, but a master of none. Like he's not elite in one category, but he does everything really right. well to me. But we'll again we'll we'll get into that. Um but um in terms of the and you talked about some of the receivers too, who which is why I think it's conducive to them running a lot of eleven personnel is the fact that they're bringing in Corey Davis can block. We did a men's review, mm-hmm. you you and I. Mims can definitely block. Uh, Keelan yes. Cole is a little guy. He's like he's like six one, I think like one ninety five, two hundred. But he he has he, he's a good blocker in terms of techni- uh, technically and the and the want to which some receivers don't have that want to so right. they have a lot of guys who can block they brought in Croft who's a blocking tight end so um, there's going to be a lot of running game like you said too like it's good for a young quarterback because a lot of these reads are like these these boots these naked boots play actions where a lot of it's cutting off half of the field um, but right. you do want a decision maker who who is quick because a lot of it's you know you want to get that yak you want to get the ball out quickly so um, which we'll discuss but. 
um, to the next step of free agency. So we went, we, or, or the Jets offseason, we went from the season to now the coaching decision to now free agency. Is there any guys you really like that they signed? Like just in general, what are your thoughts on some of their uh, their pickups? If you, I, I know you're busy as hell right now, but if you if you've yeah. seen, some I mean, I I haven't seen them all. The few names that I have seen, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I'm not gonna say I can't say it's anything spectacular. I think right now they're they're guys. They're you know they're you know they're good players, but they're not anything to be overly excited about. You know, free agency wise, um, mm-hmm. I do. What I am, I guess, I'm not necessarily going to say surprised by. Um, there weren't, and it didn't have to be a lot, but I was still waiting for kind of like the splash sighting, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, whether it was up front on the offensive line, whether it was a corner, mm-hmm. uh, you know, somewhere in one of those, you know, positions where, you know, particularly a corner, you know, where, you know, they desperately need corners <laughs> back there. They need help in the secondary. Yeah. I was really surprised there wasn't – it didn't have to be for a lot of money. It could have been – even if you brought in a bet, um, uh, you know, like a true fund, you know, or somebody like that. I know they were talking to the 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 player from um, from Tennessee at one point. Um, now I can't, I can't remember Dory Jackson? No, hate no. Um, no, I would hate that. Um, Mal- uh, Butler? I think they were talking to Butler for a little bit. Um, and it was like a – I mean, it was like a cup of coffee. Like it, it, you would have missed it if you didn't pay attention to it. Yeah. So, um, but I was still like, just kind of looking for a splash signing, you know, particularly up front. Um, you know, yeah. obviously, it's, you, you want to build through the draft, and and I get all of that. However, you do need you know, some bets in there. You know, it'd be a high profile bet, especially at certain positions, whether it be corner. Um, you have, you know, mostly obviously a linebacker or whatever. But uh, you know, I was just looking for the free, you know, the big splash signing, and it really didn't happen. So. You know, that was really, you know, from what I saw, the only thing that I, that I didn't see. You know, I, you know, I mean, I think they acquired some good talent. Mm-hmm. Um, now, maybe Corey is the splash signing. You know, it, you know they considered it the splash signing, uh, you know, at wide out. So, um, you know, but maybe for them that, that was the, the splash move. But I was looking for something else, maybe in a different spot that they could have helped the team out. Yeah, the uh, the the thing that fans were upset about, um, which I give the Jets a pass on, to be completely honest, was the whole thing that the Jets really felt like, or Jets fans really felt like they're getting Joe Tooney. And uh, listen, when you when you sign a five year, it was like a five year deal, sixteen million dollars a year with the with the Chiefs. Like, have fun offering that to a guard uh, who, who I think is worth sixteen million dollars a year, but. If the Chiefs right. offer him sixteen million, what would the like like Marcus? If it's you, you know, you're and you're a guard. Are you going to the Jets for for sixteen million dollars a year or the Kansas City Chiefs? Like even if it's oh, offered, right. it's like oh, eighteen, no nineteen. Like you're probably going to the Chiefs if you want to win that Super Bowl. But um, right. yeah, that I, a lot of fans wanted William Jackson from uh, the Bengals. They didn't land him, but uh, I, yeah, I think I, it was really Lawson and Corey Davis. Lawson, the the rusher from uh, the the Bengals, who's like one of the league leaders in, in uh, pressures and QB hits and things like that. So like that was kind of their flashes but other than that like i talked about it generally i like some of the signings uh sheldon rankins uh who's been some yeah. had some injuries Vinny curry who's a consistent pressure guy from the edge of veteran um but yeah they didn't really make that like that one huge splash even though i could argue that that uh lawson's a little bit of that because uh, they just haven't had an edge rusher in a while and him being one of the most productive ones in the league but yeah yeah that's corner, fair yeah that's offensive fair. line uh, they didn't make those those splashes, but now getting to kind of, kind of the last thing uh, before we get into Davis, um, just quickly is just one the Sam Donald trade. Uh, I think it was I think it was Donald's first year where we did like every single episode together during that season. Um, mm-hmm. So you watched a lot of his rookie year. Obviously, he regressed a lot based on 
a lot of things, a lot of him, a lot of Gase, a lot of the roster around him, which I would argue his 2020 roster was the best roster he's had. And he still regressed a lot and missed open receivers, which I don't think Gase is telling him to skip on open receivers. So it was a, it was a part of his problem. Um, so the thoughts on his trade um, <clears throat> and if it was the right move and then, which I don't, I legitimately do not know your opinion about this. We haven't talked about it, but your thoughts on the number two pick and, and who it should be and kind of where things, well, I'll get into where things are pointing if you haven't been up on the NFL yeah. news, but it's pointing heavily to, to one uh, quarterback from oh, BYU. Yeah. From BYU, yeah. Um, the the Donald trend is, is a little tricky. Now, while I thought, um, and I think Mel Kuyper said something to the same effect not long ago, um, you keep Darnold, uh, you move up, you take like a Pitts or a Waddle or somebody like that to kind of add to the offense, give them more weapons, things like that. Obviously, you have a new system coming in, uh, you know, offensively. And I think, you know, particularly with if you add like the two that I just named, I think uh, I think everything instantly goes up, uh, you know, in regards to production, you know, in regards to, you know, helping Darnold out. However, at the same time, I can appreciate and understand a fresh start for everybody. So, you know, Robert, you know, Coach Salah coming in, brand new team, brand new everything. Like, look, let me draft the quarterback. This, you know, whatever it is, we'll start over, new system and everything. And then you give Sam Darnold a new start as well. You know, he gets the fresh start in Carolina. Uh, the way that it's looking, you know, we were actually talking about this, this at the office that, I mean, Teddy's probably going to be out of there and it's going to be Sam Donald's team. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just kind of the way that it's, that it's going. Uh, now, who picks up Bridgewater, you know, whether it be trade during the draft or beforehand, you know, obviously we don't know that, but that's what it's looking like. So everybody gets a fresh start. You get to learn on a new system, you know, for both. Um, you know, to just get a new quarterback, they can start over. And, you know, you just kind of, you know, you, you can build from there. So I actually, you know, now, you know, just kind of, you know, taking it all in. Uh, I mean, I can understand that, you know, and I, I don't have an issue with that, you know, because you're right. Obviously, Donald Evergrass, there's a number of reasons, whether it be mm-hmm. him, you know, as a player himself or Gaze, so the offense, not having any weapons, whatever it is you want to call it. Um, you know, and unfortunately, that's part of the game that happens. You know, you know, that's happened, you know, since this game has been going on to – you know, guys that are either considered good quarterbacks or eventually became good quarterbacks elsewhere. You know, that's just part of it. So, uh, you know, but I like the fresh start. It's, it's brand new. I think everything will be, you know, regardless of how, you know, things are being running, will be different. Uh, you know, you guys listening to interviews by the coach will be a lot different. You know, I think you'll see the passion that Coach Salah has. Um, you'll see, you know, you're going to get intelligent answers that are a little bit more articulate about what they're doing. Uh, you know, things like that. So it'll be different, yeah. you know. So I think everybody just kind of needs a fresh start all the way around. Um, and them, him not having the distraction of being asked about Donald and his previous four years of whatever it was. Yeah, exactly. Having to, having to talk about that the whole time. Now you talk about new quarterback, you know, exciting quarterback. Uh, obviously, he's athletic. You know, if it's, you know, the young man from BYU, um, really all of them, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, it's something new to talk about. It brings more excitement and, you know, for the fans to be, you know, to look forward to. 
Yeah. And uh, like really quickly like with that, like the people, a lot of people argued, okay, well, you know, is he going to take that Tannehill jump? The, the, and let's say Tannehill jumped 10 spots from, I, w- I would say when he was at the Dolphins, he was like that 18 to 22 range. Like he was, he was below average, but still like, okay. Where Darnold, like the last couple of years, based on stats, based on watching like his film, like he was one of the bottom, bottom quarterbacks in the NFL. So even if he jumps up a big jump and he goes from 32, 30 to 15, is that good enough to win in the NFL? And I think Tannehill, to be honest, I don't know if you agree with me. I, I feel like he's a little bit overrated by people. Um, and that's the quarterback you really want. And that's even if he could be <laughs> Tannehill, which is a massive jump. Like that Tannehill, again, Tannehill from 20 to 10 is a lot different from Donald going from 32 to 10. Like that's a massive jump. And then the thing right. with it too is like a lot of people said, okay, we'll just, just skip on a quarterback this year, trade down, build around Donald. Okay, fine. Great idea for now. But then what happens next year when the Jets finish – you know, I hate the new freaking thing, but six and 11, and now they're at pick 12. Right. Now who's that quarterback? You don't know who's a quarterback right. next year. And who's to say that the quarter, the teams who are, who are at one and two or three want to trade the, uh, with you. So now what if uh, that, and what if it's a, a draft where it's Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins again? So like you're just going to push mm-hmm. quarterback down the road. So you're in a spot to grab a quarterback, grab a quarterback, start new, new coach, uh, GM, all that stuff on, on the same page. Um, you're resetting that rookie contract. You know, it, there's a lot right. of factors, but that's like pretty yeah. general. But um, again, now quickly before we get into the film review, uh, in terms of the, the the signal caller for the Jets rookie quarterback, obviously uh, coming in, uh, the the main debate obviously is Zach Wilson. Right now is obviously like a, he's like a minus one thousand on DraftKings to be drafted by the Jets. Like it, it's going to happen. You have Steve Young who came out and said he's already he's already they're recruiting the family. It's going to be it's going to be Zach Wilson. You have mm-hmm. the Eagles who said they were going to trade up to three, but they said that it would only be for Zach Wilson. Instead, they traded down. And, I, you know, Douglas has some Eagles connections, to, to my belief. Obviously, he was there. And then you have the Niners who traded up to three and said, oh, we didn't talk to the Jets at two. All right. I don't believe that. Right. Because if you're trading up to three, you try to trade up to two. So they, they try to get they, up to two. They, right. they, they try to get up to two, and the Jets said no. And I'm sure they, they know that they're going to take uh, Zach Wilson and all this stuff. So it seems like it's pointing to Zach Wilson. But um, in your mind, is that the, the right choice? I, I, I don't know your, your feelings on Wilson versus Fields, who, by the way, is, it's a really polarizing topic where people are, it's like, it's almost like politics. I compared it to this yesterday in the live stream. It's either your Fields. Or you're Wilson, and there's no in between. I'm I'm Wilson over Fields, but I also like Fields at the same time. Yeah, I like both. Uh, mm-hmm. Very both dynamic. Obviously, both have their own strength. Um, you know, both uh, played at a high level. Uh, both have the ability to you know throw in tight windows. Um, now, the thing that I always throw out that a lot of people, a lot of other people don't throw out probably is. Because, and the reason why I say this is because everybody always, and particularly after Orlos, Orlosky, oh, goal line guy, whatever his name is, dude, came out and said what he said, you know, from his sources, you know, about Fields. Um, yeah. And all of a sudden now, you know, Fields isn't, you know, he doesn't work hard. And even though I think he just scored high on the, the Wonder League test or the highest ever, whatever it was, it just came up. Some, some tests. But um, they both are – while they both have the arm talent, if you go and watch Zach Wilson's game, he's making – their games are almost identical in regards to the runs, the boots, when they take off, uh, you know, contested throws, which you want to throw those every now and then. But even if you – I don't know if you saw this. This was about two weeks ago. Uh, if you go back and look at, you know, when ESPN did the highlight film for every quarterback, and it was like – it went on for like two or three days, so they showed like Trevor Lawrence's best throws and all that, and 
You know, so you go to Zach Wilson's, his wideouts are making some like unbelievable like plays, plays. on the ball. Mm-hmm. On you know, you know, in areas where you probably shouldn't throw the ball. Mm-hmm. To be, you know, to be honest with you. And Fields has the same thing. I mean, obviously, when you have dudes, yes, you want to give your dudes a chance to make the play, but that and that's what you know, I think a lot of people miss because I'm watching. I'm not watching like, oh yeah, he's awesome. He can throw it and do, you know, touchdown or whatever. I'm watching. Okay, where is he throwing the ball? Is there, are there two guys around? Is there just a guy around? Is the guy covered? Okay, yeah, I know you want to throw some 50-50 balls, but I don't know if you want on your highlight reel. If I'm a GM watching your highlight reel and the wideouts are making circus spectacular, you know, backflip catches, you know, for touchdowns, mm-hmm. and you're not just, you know, just, you know, you. I don't see. I don't see more of, did you find the window? Where's your ball on the post? Where's your ball on the comeback? You know, things like that. That's what I would be looking for. And I'm sure there's plenty of that in the film. Obviously, mm-hmm. I don't see it. But and I, I think a lot, of that get, a lot of that gets missed, you know, when they're comparing the two quarterbacks. When, honestly, Fields has just as many, you know, throws where his wideouts are making spectacular, you know, catches and things like that for touchdowns. And he's probably got just as many throws where, you know, case in point, Clemson. The touchdown over the middle in the window that was probably like this big. I don't know, you know, you know, you know. I don't know if yeah. you know that, but mm-hmm. he made several oh, yeah. throws that were like that. So mm-hmm. I'm either way for me, either way they can't go wrong, personally. You know, and I know the knock on Ohio State quarterbacks just because their offensive system doesn't lend itself to the NFL system, mm-hmm. but you have to understand that. College coaches don't give a damn about the NFL system. They're trying <laughs> no. to win college games. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. so that's so you have to take that out of the way. And when you talk to the, the player, you interview him, be like, hey, well, and you put him on the board, does he understand what's going on? And you make your evaluation from there. You can't base it on the office that he was in in college because it has, you know, they don't equate. Yeah, it's important to watch these guys and like and like like you said, like perfect word, like equate to the NFL. Like a, a nice play in college might be a pick in the NFL. Like I remember, I, I forget what game right. it was, but it was when Zach Wilson was getting a lot of hype. And I like Zach Wilson a lot. I'm just saying in general, um, there was like a throw that he threw. It was basically a line drive on a nine route, and it wasn't like a back shoulder line drive. Like okay, you know the DB's playing over the top leverage, like he's trying to get the back shoulder. It wasn't that. It was like just a strict nine ball, like over the top, and it was a and it was a laser but it was really like a really shallow kind of throw. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, in the NFL, like that's probably a pick. So like, don't get that excited about yeah. that throw. So like, it's, it's important right. to, to look at it um, fairly, but um, I do like Wilson better. And, and I said this and it's really, really, really generic. And I, I got into it a lot in the live stream I did yesterday or two days ago now by the time people are listening to this, but I feel like he's better at the at quarterbacking, like right now, like Fields, super traitsy. Um, I think Fields gets some, some, some bullshit, uh, criticism to be completely honest like okay mm-hmm. you know he can't go through progressions that's bullshit we saw that in the Clemson game that was the best game that either right. one of those played in their college careers I'll give him that but it's a it's a game-to-game basis but he goes through his reads the whole oh he can't get through like again progressions um, he locks on receivers maybe a little but also with that system it's a lot of option routes so yeah you could lock on to guys exactly. so exactly so you got you got to know exactly. what you're what you're watching but yeah there are other times where he stands too tall in the pocket i don't think it's not his pocket presence he has the presence but he's too confident in his ability to escape guys so he has to dump the ball yeah. things like that but like um wilson just in terms of like the fit for the jets like the the ability to throw off platform the, the the quicker I think he's a quicker decision maker for me fields has to see the guy open for that extra split second that Wilson does not like I think he has a little bit better anticipation 
um, quicker, quicker release. Like in the NFL, especially in a system that's based on a lot of, a lot of yak, um, you have to get the ball there quicker. And obviously just that half a second, quarter of a second matters. And I, I think Wilson has that, that, that quicker mental ability to, to see the, the receiver open and the quicker delivery where Wilson does have our uh, fields does have a little bit of a windup. Um, but at the same time, you can argue, okay, well, with Fields, you could you could run more read option that Wilson can't. You could argue, you could say that he has a much better deep ball, which I agree with. Fields deep balls are gorgeous. Yeah. Um, but overall, <laughs> like I, I just I, I like Wilson a little bit more, but I don't hate Fields. Like, uh, right. you know, I'd be a little bit disappointed because I do like Wilson better if it was Fields. But at the same time, uh, Fields, if he hits his ceiling, his ceiling is higher than Wilson's. Like, if he's if he reaches his peak, like Fields will be a savage. Um, yeah. but again, I'm just more comfortable with Wilson. That's kind of my, my, my thoughts again. It's not like, like I said, right now it's crazy on Twitter. It's either one side or the other. It's like Republican versus Democrat. Yeah. It's crazy. It's just like have a conversation people and chill out. Right. Um, right. but let's, uh, let's, let's get into, um, some of the film. Again, that's why we have you here. Maybe we'll do 20 plays because you, you, we, we spend a little bit of time on that. If you're cool that we'll do, we'll do 20 plays, Marcus. And if, if, yeah, that's uh, cool. yeah, we'll do 20. Um, First two catches. Again, I go into the, like a lot of this stuff, um, which by the way, I spoke about this. And you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, I was talking about in the, in the Jared, uh, Jared Davis review. I love when I'm watching film, when players wear distinguishing like attire, like when they have like yeah. certain <laughs> gloves or they have certain arm pads because you'll notice it a lot. So, so this is AJ Brown and this is Davis. I remember, obviously right. I remember. They sometimes wear the same color socks, but the thing I, I, I said in the thing, people think I'm a freaking idiot. The one thing I noticed, even if they're wearing the same color socks, his are tucked in, his have a little slit where you could see his leg. And I was like, I had to watch yeah. it a million times. I watched this whole freaking season. <laughs> um, so we, so we have Davis right here, but I'm, I'm sure you like when players wear some distinguishing, uh, you know, attire. So you could tell who the hell they are on freaking see they are, yeah. this, this view. Um, but again, I'm no like I don't have any script right here. I kind of just watch it with you, and then obviously I recorded it for a reason. Um, I guess this is his first two catches of the season. He's he's up here again. Yeah, yeah. Two two cross. The, the the second one's not really that impressive to be to be completely honest. Again, um, the the first one's pretty generic too, where he just he just angles inside yeah. on a crossing route. All he does is throw that throw that like that punch chop through, um, and turn like this is. Honestly, I'm I'm not sure if we're getting a lot from this. Uh, I did I did record it. I don't necessarily know why. I guess it's the first two catches. But again, this is we're gonna see a lot with the Jets in general. Um, play action him on crossing routes, which he is good at running crossing routes. But are there any thoughts about this? I don't I don't really see too much to get from this. But uh, not a lot. I mean, the, only, the one thing that I can say is is um, I'm obviously getting into the route mm-hmm. and you know getting flat when he does get across as opposed to drifting. I mean, obviously that's you know, that's mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like much to a lot of people, but that's yeah. actually very important. You know, that you know, once he starts bending, that he flattens it out, you know, the so the quarterback can get him, you know, give him the ball and the ball gets to him on time, mm-hmm. as opposed to him drifting uh and the ball going late. I mean, I was actually looking at the rock combination because I and I know that I'm about to age myself. So in two thousand I think it was three. So Kansas City used to run. <laughs> so Kansas City used to run something similar to this uh, when they had Eddie Kennison. Uh, I can't remember who the other wide out is, but as opposed to um, running the comeback, um, what they would do is remember the old banana seven kind of deal. You remember that route? You have no idea what I'm talking about. I, so, <laughs> so what they the might call it a new concept now. They might, yeah. So what you get the crossing route actually is a little wider, but the the wide out from the top. 
like he bend, he bends in like he's running a post. Okay. He actually bends it back out and runs a seven with the crosser rod coming back across. So I mean, you know, I, I was just looking at that. I was looking at the rod. Sorry about that. But <laughs> <laughs> you don't apologize to me. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, but 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 no. But the good thing about this is, is I like the way that he flattens out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because even when you drift, you still give the DB a chance of an opportunity to catch up. Mm-hmm. You know, by the time the ball gets there. So if you soon, the sooner you can flatten it out, the sooner the quarterback can get the ball to you. You can start running. So. Yeah, and that's a, that's a, that's a good point too, because like it helps having people on here, because then you can kind of you you discuss and then you can think of other points as well. And it's important too, like and and flattening out with safeties over the top, where maybe if there was some underneath coverage, maybe maybe he would keep it a little bit vertical. Like it's important right. to know right. how to how to run versus the the coverage that you're presented. So. Um, I think yep. that's a good point. Um, alter speeds, hands, physical, uh, bottom right here. I don't, again, mm-hmm. uh, we'll see exactly what this is, but let's watch obviously from a, from a tighter split, which is going to be a lot of what the jets do. You actually see a lot of Corey Davis with tighter splits. You see him slot, you see him Z, you see him X. I've seen him sometimes at H back. Um, sometimes it's almost a, a Y tight end blocking defensive ends and linebackers. So he has the versatility, which I like, but, um, yep. Ace nasty. Let's see. Same thing? Yeah, same thing. So yeah, it's a, it's a... Oh, the one thing I did that I, I do notice through this route is I do I do like that he throws his hand right there just to just to clear that oh, yeah, hand. That's kind of like that containment right there. Yeah. I do like yeah, that so little... He and I said this in my review too. Um, again, I, I I obviously write down his transit weaknesses and stuff like that, which I will get into next week without Marcus or next show. Um, he does and I, I feel like it's like a more of like a veteran receiver thing, like a really good, like a smart receiver is he really uses like subtle hands uh, to really clear mm-hmm. himself up. Like maybe a, 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 you know, a less experienced or not as good a receiver right here, you know, doesn't, doesn't feel that arm like that containment right there from, from right. the uh, look like a safety and maybe gets a hand on him and he matches them, you know? So that, um, yeah. that little like punch through and wipe is, is, is really nice right there. Yeah. And the good thing that, that vet, especially vet wideouts that are good route runners that they do is you take into account, and I know nobody thinks about this while they're watching the game, except for probably you and I, that little hand right mm-hmm. there. So as opposed to, like you said, the DB, you know, having getting the hand on him and being able to match him or at least stay with him. Yeah. It's actually a momentum changer as well. Yeah. So you've just propelled yourself an extra yep. yard just by that little hand swipe. Mm-hmm. You know, those of you that are physics and brainiacs and all that kind of stuff, y'all can calculate that and figure <laughs> yeah. that out. But yeah, so don't don't ask me how it works. I just know if I'm running fast and I give you a slight tap and you're standing still, I'm gonna run. I'm gonna move up faster. So yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so it, but you see vet, you know, you see vet receivers do that all the time. That's why you see a lot of DBs they're running with the guy and then they get the wide out. Just give them, you know, just a little touch. It doesn't even have to be much, mm-hmm. and they get propelled. And it's you know, it's kind of like the draft effect in NASCAR. You know, um, so you know, with Corey Davidson, now that you bring it up, I. I do see him do that quite a bit, whether it be off the line, mm-hmm. whether he's running in stride with the white eyes. It's just like little, little hand, you know, whether it be hand slaps or they use the DB's leverage against him, you know, to, to get open. Yeah. You know, he's really good at doing that. Yeah, like, it, and it, I, there are some times I get into like physics discussions where I'm talking about like the insteps of the foot and I'm like, I don't know how to explain it, but this is just why it is. <laughs> like, I can't, it, I, but yeah, like he, he does a lot of like this little like hand, subtle hand movements, a lot of like holding his line and his stems, which again, you're leaning against him, which kind of helps yourself propel outside, inside, whatever it may be. And then he does a lot of like push buys, like, you know, pushing the receivers back as he turns on like a comeback, things like that. So he's really good with his hands. Right. Um, the one thing I would note here too is, um, and I said altered speed and I noticed why now is, um, it seems like he's running more at like 85, 90, 
um, as he's kind of getting into this, this, this safety zone. Um, and then as he gets behind the safety, it looks like he turns it to a hundred. That's something that, that I, I noticed here right there. It looks like he kicks it up into gear. So, yeah. um, I do like that. He can alter his speed and kind of like read things. And obviously, uh, the stiff arm at the end, uh, this would never happen to Marcus Coleman, but you do like that physicality at the end of the play. Too, oh yeah. Right? No, I definitely like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. I mean, but that's, I mean, but that's part of his game, which is what I like about him. You know, he's he doesn't shy away from contact. You know, if anything, he initiates it, you know, when he gets the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think this is the kind of player that, you know, the Jets have had for a while. You know, somebody that brings that physical toughness, you know, on the outside, you know, at the wideout spot. Yeah, okay. Uh, Davis drive, okay, cut, attack ball, pulled away. All right. Bottom of the screen, uh, another, another mm-hmm. tighter split right here. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens. Uh, the, the, the initial thing, like, again, I, I recorded this like two weeks ago. The only thing I could say is, look, well, no, okay. So that's, I'm wrong. He's, he's really, at first, he's a really selling that drive phase. His shoulders are yeah. really down. Like he's selling vertical. So I, I definitely like that. Um, their speed cut. It's, it's actually not a, it's not a bad speed cut. Yeah, it's not bad. I would, I would argue that he could maybe drop his weight a little bit more in, into that break step right there. Um, but overall it's, he's only bending it like two or three yards. And sometimes like there are routes like that you, that coaches actually designed to have that like mm. two, three, four, like, so sometimes people might think, and, and again, I would have to see the offensive system, but sometimes there's different routes. Like I can't even think of the top of my head. Um, but I, I do have them all written down where it's like, okay, well at your cut, bend it four or five yards instead of two or three yards based on the, right. based on the, the, the routes. Like there's like, people think there's like nine different routes. Like that's why I hate the, the route tree. Because there is literally <laughs> a thousand, like in different systems. So right, um, but decent cut, sell the drive phase, um, attack the ball, pull the ball, the ball away. That's 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 great. Um, yes. What are you seeing here? No good feed. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you said, speed out of speed out. There's nothing really special about speed out. It's just making sure you get the really the speed out of anything. Yes, as the the wide receiver, you have to get you know in and out of the you know, out of your break when you're making the speed out, but this is more on the quarterback to get the ball out on time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause speed out, speed outs are usually contested pretty good, but I like the snatch strong hands, obviously good feet, which, you know, shows good body control. Um, you know, just, a, you know, another great, great play, you know, great play by, you know, it's not a, obviously it's not a spectacular play, but I mean, this yeah. is a tough catch. I mean, yeah. Tight hands too, good, like good I said, the, D, the DB is on him. Yeah. Yeah. The DB is on him. Great hands, you know, eyeing the ball yeah. all the way in. Yep. Being able to being able to snatch it out the air, yeah, I like it. Yeah, catching the tip of the ball too. Um, yep. And the one thing I noticed about his speed outs too, like in terms of like, so I think I said in my in my weaknesses, like he's good at like outside inside breaks. Um, I I think that sometimes with his with his like breaking back back to the quarterback, whether it be curls, comebacks, sometimes he starts to lean out of his breaks a little bit too early. Um, but mm-hmm. another thing with speed outs too that I think is in, like an important notice: some receivers start to kind of um like bend like lean into their break before before their break comes and and dbs right. get, they they obviously study film and they see guys who do that and they jump it um and i don't he doesn't really do that here like he doesn't he doesn't lean into that and he's really selling that deep like it's not it's not like he's gearing down his like his pads come up like a, a split second before his, his break but uh i think overall like a like a pretty a pretty good speed out from him and obviously like you said yeah. like that getting his hands getting getting his hands on the ball pulling it away while having the awareness to to toe tap right there like this is as good as it gets in terms of a, a contested catch and, and toe tapping yep no doubt so I like a body control for sure yeah yeah okay moving on to the next one uh let's see all right 
This one is square, square up rocker hands. So you see a little rocker stuff. I'm, I'm assuming before the break, after the break, I don't know. Yeah. So this is like, this is when you can tell, like, I don't, I don't watch film and just like, Oh, he got a catch. Let me watch that play. Um, right. Bob in the screen right here. Um, this is, he at least throws a rocker step to at least what I call it. It's basically a crossover. That's, that's all it is. A one, two at the, at the top break yeah. punch through, um, or a chop on the, on the arm. I really don't care if you call it, if you call it a punch through chop, I don't give a shit that that's, that's whatever people call it. That's, that's your terminology. But I do like the, the patience to, to square him up, get on his toes and then throw that rocker step at the top of the break right there. Yeah. It just shows an element, you know, another element of his game. Um, you know, you know, set it up. So, mm -hmm. I mean, no, I definitely like that. Obviously, you want to have as many moves, uh, you know, as you can, you know, to try to, you know, give yourself an advantage over the DB. Uh, <laughs> what I'm, what I, I mean, you are, I mean, what I'm, so how many plays are we in? Like five? Uh, four. Like four is five? Okay. I'm just, I'm keeping track of something else in my head. So, I'm, uh -oh. I'm looking at, yeah. So, I'm looking at, um, so the first three so far, his inside foot's been up. Excuse me, his okay. outside foot's been up, inside foot has been back. Obviously, you got two crossing routes, um, and now you got speed out. So this is a foreplay, and he's got he's got his feet switched. So I'm seeing if there's a trend. Because I know if I can mm -hmm. pick up pick this up, you know, here in the bedroom right now, yeah. somebody else should be able to pick that up in the film room. So yeah. <laughs> you know, just uh, you know, so we'll we'll see how that obviously how that how that finishes up, you know, once we get through the plays. But, now, but no, so I like the rocker step. Yeah, the rocker stuff's definitely good. Um, and yeah. and just the pace that he attacks his DB with. Now, yeah. I I know from a DB perspective, I could tell that the technique is pretty bad here in terms of him kind of standing straight up and his feet being really kind of narrow, um, and his feet down. Yeah. So we're not gonna kill the DB there because we're not paying attention to him right now. But I'm not gonna say this is the best technique. <laughs> yeah. No. Plus, he's in no man's land. He's right at five. Oh, dude. Like <laughs> <laughs> I think we've said no man's land on the show of us combined at least a thousand times when we do this. I, I hate it. Like what yeah. I, I, I don't know. Uh yeah, yeah that's not good. Really that's not good technique, but good technique from Davis. Um yeah. so fifth let's see if you know if we notice that trend here. Um outside foot up. Mm -hmm. Nope. Oh, curl. Okay. Let's see. Good, good route. Leans, uh, leverage leans out a little early. All right. Yeah. He gave him a little stem. So basically he ran Seven the curl same, hidden. from, yeah, yeah. He ran the curl with the same, initially it looks like speed out like it does. Cause he, mm -hmm. he bends, he really, he drifts or I should say his, where he's running to or his aiming point is the same angle that he ran the speed out on. And so this time he just ran the curl mm -hmm. still outside foot up inside foot back. Um, you know, you can get some keys off of that. Like I said, we're only like six plays in. But I do like that he's setting them up. So he's making it look like a different, you know, making it look like speed out. Obviously, and he comes back in and he runs a curl. You know? Yeah, and he's attacking the defensive back's leverage, which is going to widen him um, yeah. as well, which obviously gives him more room for the for the break inside. Um, yeah. And I think the, the the break overall is good. Like, the, you have the stop step. Like, he's really – he's over he's over his knee. He's he's condensed. Mm -hmm. he, he drops his He drops his hips. Um, I would maybe like to see, so one, two, maybe on the second step. Ah, no, the second step's pretty good too. So he's really leaning into those first steps and, and snaps out of that. Like for, and again, we have yeah. to understand that he's, 
He's 6'3". I think he's listed at 205. Uh, based on like what I'm watching, he looks more like a 210, 215 guy. Yeah, I, think I, he's, I, I, think he's, I think he's bigger than that. I think I don't think he's 205. Like that's pretty. He looks he looks a little bit bigger. Um, but in general, I think a a, a good route. But uh, yeah, I remember yeah. I saw like on the Tennessee Titans website, whatever, like 205. I'm like, eh, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like that, that's what maybe that's what he was his rookie year, and they never changed it. Like I don't know how often did they weigh you in in, in football for for the new stats for the website. Like I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. He looks a little bigger than that to me. I agree. Davis, tough catch, body control. Uh, Spatial awareness, I guess. I obviously spelled that wrong. Um, he is the top right here. Another another uh, tight split. That's the one thing he. Um, oh yeah. Okay. Oh, so yeah. I had to slide. Yeah, I remember those. There were, so one. Um, you, the thing I do like about it is too that obviously you can stay in a chip defensive ends and stuff like that. He's yeah. he's definitely versatile with that. Um, runs another over. Obviously, his spatial awareness of of the of the zone drops of the of the defense is is good. Um, where he stems it vertical, where he could just cut, you know, over top of yeah. that, you know, uh, hook zone or whatever it is from that from that linebacker safety. Um, pretty tight cut past it, and then obviously the contested catch right there, which he said reach back for body control. Um, the ability to, like you said, control his body, uh, the catch radius, like that. It's they didn't, they gave like a really shitty uh, view of it right here, um, because they didn't review it. But like, right. what do you think about this one? No, that's a tough catch. And like you said, I do like he's not just running the route; he's running the route with purpose once he finishes the chip. So here, mm-hmm. being taking that one extra step, you know, getting the DB to go back, you don't want an extra step creates that room. And obviously, I mean. Yes, the linebacker's dropping back. He's in a weak hook, but there's no way mm-hmm. you can't feel a guy moving that fast, you know, particularly an over route. Now, not necessarily a good ball, but no. obviously with yeah, with obviously with, with Corey's ability, I mean, and his strong hands, you can see how strong his hands are. I mean, obviously we can see a better view, but him being able to yeah. being able to pull that down between two D, you know, two defensive players with him and they're on him tight, you know. He's you literally know, got two guys on his back as he's coming yeah. down right now. Yeah, that that shows that truly shows you how strong he is. You know, not just mm-hmm. with his his body, but just his hands. You know, by the, you know alone, you know, shows you how strong his hands are. And yes, with body control as well, um, being able to reach back, get the ball, you know, secure the catch and and bring it down. You know that that shows you know toughness. You know, on several different levels. Yeah, that's the one thing I really like about him too. Like, you know, I'm sure it's and it's probably even more uh, prevalent nowadays. Is some receivers are, are you know, and again. I don't want anybody coming at me. Oh, we had the discussion pre-show. Um, oh, you couldn't play that. I, I get it. Um, but a lot of receivers are a little bit soft over the middle um, at mm-hmm. times and make business decisions. And Corey Davis is not one of those players. And he's really good at contested catches. The one thing I, I will warn people of, I didn't see him go straight, like not like vertical all the time and see him win right. deep. So a lot of people just see on his like scat, like whoever they listen to, they see contested catches. They automatically think that, that that's, that's going deep. Um, contested catches as well. I think there's a big difference between like over route contested catches where you can box guys out and, and vertical contested catches. Um, right. At least in my, at least in my opinion, I, I could be completely, that's how I feel just based on what I watch. It's completely different. Um, but let's see, this is a receiver that you'd want to, I, we always had this discussion. You didn't like this. You didn't like the Jameson Crowders of the world. You like playing against Corey Davis's cause you were a bigger defensive back of yourself. Yeah. Um, 
So the he's on the bottom. Uh, I just had good break here, so I don't know exactly. Yeah, again, pretty like simple stutter. slant. Yeah, like the stutter too. Yeah, a little. Yeah, that, I, I, yeah, that, that little. It's subtle, but it's still it does something. Yeah, I call that. Catches, I refer to that. You know who did that a lot? Uh, which we said he did it too much last last year. I I, I refer to that as a as a hop step when it's all for that same foot. So yeah. a, a little bit of uh, hop step reading the defensive backs leverage again. Um, he, he, so he's not like lazy in his routes. Like he really like the effort here with, mm-hmm. with the hop step hesitation, which gets the DB thinking and then really selling deep for, for one, two, only three steps. But like, it's not like a lazy sell, um, right. which, I, which I like. And then obviously um, breaks, he gets his, he gets his dry foot under his frame. Like it's not, it's not so far at a, at a whack where he can't bring his hips over it. Um, gets mm-hmm. inside and, and he wins on the slant. And again, he, he attacks the ball too right there with with, looks yes. like, with tight hands too. So that's nice. Yeah. For me, that's probably outside of the route running, that's probably the biggest thing that I like about him. Like he get he attacks the ball. Like he he attacks the ball. It's his ball. Mm-hmm. Regardless of who's around, regardless of who, you know, who's on him, he goes at the ball. When the ball's in there, he's going to get it. You know, and, and I, I that's probably my favorite part about his game. To be honest with you, yes, he's big. I like his route running, to be honest with you, but yeah. I like his aggressiveness, you know, attacking the ball. You know, uh, you know, I think that's important because he's going to be, particularly if he's, you know, as he's, you know, played, you know, you know, throughout his years, you know, he is sometimes in the slot. Sometimes he's mm-hmm. H-back, you know. You, you're going to be surrounded by two or three guys, you know, minimum, you know, most of the time if you're playing those inside positions, you know, that somebody's just locking up man and, you know, blitzing all the time. But, you got to be able to make the contested catches and you got to be a guy that go up with your hands in order to make those catches. And he does that very well. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and like you noted the, the, the strong hands, um, and with that route, I should have replayed it, but like, I, I like that. That's when you hear like the, the coined phrases, which I think are important at times. Like sometimes they're overused for sure, especially when you know, the people who are using them don't really know what the hell they're, they're talking about. But like, like that rep was like, to me, like the embodiment of like patient, but sudden, like, like patient yeah. off the line, but sudden on his break and like really altering speeds, like attacking DVs. Like you can't just go at all at one speed because they're going to kind of feel you out. But like when it's like, right. okay, a slow release into selling uh vertical with your, with your shoulders down over your knees, like, Oh shit, he's going to beat me deep to, to breaking. But like, and he's also something I noticed too, is like, uh, I think he does a good job at like selling deep, but like we always talk about like, like I think you referenced Julio last time where like he sells that hundred or he sells hundred, but he's really going like 90. I think Davis can do the right. same thing um, sometimes um, at well at, or as well. And the thing with Davis too is like, I think he had like, so, so from my, again, this is, this is just my process. Like watching him, I thought he always had sh- like strong hands at least during the season. What happened was he missed two games with COVID um, I don't know if he had it or whatever COVID scare, all this crap now with that. But, uh, he, the last game of the year, he needed like 40 yards. Like the last few games of the year, he, year he needed like a hundred yards combined to get over a thousand. And it looked like it got into his head, in my opinion, uh, where he would start to, to look to run before securing the catch. And then he dropped, like, I think he dropped like four balls versus the Texans. So like now he already, yeah. oh, he had bad hands. I, I think he was pressing too much for a thousand yards. That's, yeah. and again, like I, I, we tr- I try to be fair, so I'm not going to say, oh, well, you know, whatever. But uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. That's Ooh, got yeah, <laughs> yeah. like that. <laughs> now that's that. Okay. So we had, we saw the rocker set before. Now that's, that's what I refer to as like, as like a, um, a, a, a stacked rock, uh, rocker step. So yeah. 
what do you what do you think on this? Obviously, there's there's a yeah, lot. Here. No, yeah, no. I, I mean, I like that. I mean, obviously, DB doesn't help him. But what I do like is once he clears the DB, and obviously, if you go back, obviously, look at the hand motion. DB's got his hand on him. You mm-hmm. get the swipe. All right. As soon as you get the swipe, you stack. All right. Now DB's at your mercy. So now, especially in the red zone, you know, because you, you, now it's going to happen super quick. Uh, gives him the rocker step. DB's, you know, eyes are in a bad place. He takes advantage of it, going other way, and makes another contested catch. You know, showing strong hands. You know, you know, in the middle of, you know, in the middle of the red zone. You know, just on the, you know, right middle of the red zone. And I like. Yeah. I definitely like this. And I like, like, I, and I like to hear like that. He like pulls his arm through. Like he blades his shoulder yeah. a little bit. Um, yep. And like, just like, it's like that subtle movement where like, you know, and like, I always talk about like, like this like little stupid stuff, but like it's, I don't think it is um, because like when you blade your shoulder like that, like now you're, you're reducing that, that contact area that he could shoot back into. It's so like, you want to blade yep. yourself and like you see a lot of rushers and that's when they do like those, like, you know, whatever the move is, you know, specifically, but a lot of them are dipping their shoulders because now you're, yeah, you're, you're turning your chest away. Right. You've been against skinny. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Same, yeah. Same, same concept. Yeah. Drops the hips. Yeah. Yep. Rocker, the, which is basically just the one, two with the, with the peak, which the, the, that, that if, if there's not a rocker step, some people refer to this as like a peak technique where you basically look the opposite of your break just to fake it with your head. Um, but mm. that's really a part of the rocker. You're supposed to throw that peak. So I, I do want to mention right. that, but nice rocker with the peak. Um, and again, even, even at the end right here, like wiping away just to, just to create that extra separation right there, like yep. that, that physical, that, that physical nature in, in his, in his catches. And this one, it does slip out of his hands a little bit, but again, he, he he's able to bring it in, and then and yeah, he's he, brings it in again. Gets his feet in, so yeah, body control. And the other thing that I like about him that shows his strength is mm-hmm. when you see a lot of wideouts. Obviously, they're pushing with their hands, but he's so strong, he doesn't have to use his hands. Like he can literally just use his forearm, just because yeah. of the yeah, just because of his size and strength. And mm-hmm. that, I mean, obviously, that helps him more than most because now. He doesn't have to worry about pass interference calls, you know, offensively. You know, he can just do it, you know, you know, with his natural running motion without extending his hand, trying to do it, and then bring his hand back in. He keeps keeps his arm in frame while he's still running. He can just use his arm and the strength mm-hmm. that he has in his forearms and his shoulder and do the same thing. You know, I think that's, you know, another advantage of you know, just his strength and his size. I, yeah, it's, I think that's a really good point, too, because, like, we, we, we spoke about a lot and just in general is, like, a lot of, like, those reps are, like, looking for that arm extension. But if you're strong enough to, to have that, I – so I'll, I'll, I'll be completely transparent. I suck with angles. I don't know 90 degree versus 60 <laughs> degree. I don't know. I just don't know. But, like, if you can get, you know, with that, that full 100% arm extension, that's when the, when, the, when the refs call it. But if you can bend that – you know, 60% of your arm and, and, and have the same effectiveness because he has that strength, like you said, in his forearms and his shoulders, um, maybe some pec strength, like whatever it may be. Like I, it, that's, I think that's a really good point. Um, yep. bottom of the screen, I think right here. Yeah. Yep. That's him. You know whose jerseys suck to watch when you're watching like this, the bucks with the their, bucks. with their red jerseys and gray numbers. It, the numbers don't stand out at all. Oh, yeah. You brutal. can't see them. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I don't know. This is uh, break bottom. Okay. Yeah. Again, so I'll, I'll move this little thing. So we're watching the break on the bottom. That's the only thing I noted here. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. So yeah, it's- I don't know if you noticed the same. Or you Obviously, again, you play DB. The, the one thing I noticed like initially here, I'm watching it again, I recorded this like a month ago, is the altered speeds. Yep. Like here, not, and then accelerate and then break. Yeah. I really like that. I do too. I like the change up. And, and, it's, and he does it, obviously, depending on – 
what route, you know, I think, you know, probably lends itself to more how he determines which way he's going to do it, whether he starts out fast mm-hmm. uh, and then works his way, you know, to the route or, uh, you know, if he gives, you know, the subtle, whether, you know, we saw earlier with the hop step, yeah, you know, acceleration and end stop, you know, you know, obviously that lends itself to what whatever the route is going to be. But no, the ability to change speeds in routes, you know, huge. It's huge. It's absolutely mm-hmm. huge. Because mm-hmm. uh, if you can get the DB guessing one thing and you come back and you run something else, obviously you said, you know, you have the advantage. Uh, and I think he does that well. Yeah. Um, and here too, like attacking leverage, like just the stem to the outside to wad and now you're getting a corner. And I think this is Henderson, who's a rookie, who's even more susceptible to fault for things like this is like stemming you outside breaks inside slightly. Now he thinks it's a vertical route. Now you're trying to get you, uh, you know, obviously vertical and then you right. break again and look and look how condensed he gets. Like yep. now his, his arms might be a little bit uncontrolled right here, but in general, I think they're, they're pretty good, but really throws his weight over that stop step, reduces mm-hmm. his body, drops his hips, commits that second stop step too. Um, and then gets himself, you know, again with his, uh, he gets his hips over that, over that, that drive step that I call it and gets outside. Like I, I, the last couple of routes and just in general, like I really like his route running, especially watching it and really discussing it. Like this is a really good route. And at least in, yeah. in my opinion, and it's, yeah. Unless you're watching it, like his, all his moves are subtle. I mean, even the stem, the stem is only a yard. Yeah. It may be a yard and a half, Yeah, but it's just enough to where mm-hmm. he stays he stays on track and he still, you know, is able to sell the DB on something else, you know, while staying, uh, you know, while staying on track, you know, it's like I say, everything he does is solo and that's, you know, becoming a veteran and understanding how to run routes. And I think he's, you know, I think he's mastered that to be honest with you. I mean, he's so far, I mean, he looks real good, you know, just watching the little things that yeah. he does. I, I think he's done a good job of, you know, of working. I don't know who the wide eye coach is, but, like he, he he's done a good job with him, which is important too, because like, and, and these like, I don't want to, I don't want to get like, it's not like on a soapbox, but like these little things that I think we're, we're diagnosing and looking at in his game is what matters. Like that's what makes mm-hmm. good receivers because a lot of, a lot of like guys like, listen, like I can go, like I, I used to play basketball um, and wherever, like you had guys who could run a four, four forty, and who could jump 39 inches on a vert and who could dunk and do three sixties and shit. But like, if you don't know football, like you don't know football, like these little subtle hand movements and stems and, and like all this stuff is it's, it's what makes the good guys versus the, the Jags, the guys who fall out of the league after three, four five years. Like there's plenty of guys right. like who was, uh, well, he had some other problems like Justin Blackman's of the world who got drafted right. by the Jags or like all these guys like, you know, Stephen Hill was a guy of the Jets drafted who had all the physical capability in the world, but just couldn't play receiver. Um, right. Which that was that was a brutal pick. The Jets have had some brutal picks. <laughs> but the second round pick, Christian Hackenberg, second round pick, never played one snap in an NFL game for the Jets. I don't know if that's ever happened. Vernon Golston, number six overall pick, didn't get a sack. Uh, Man, um, so top of the screen. <laughs> like, yeah. a, like a tight inverted slot whatever you want to refer to formations i don't really care about what people call formations unless you're trying to like charter or whatever but um yeah double nasty double na- that's that's what you refer to that as <laughs> double nasty yeah. okay there you go maybe i'll start referring to double next. nasty personnel nasty please yeah okay um so bottom of the screen and this is again this is a uh I refer to this as a jerk route. Um, there are some people who, who say like jerks are whips. I think jerks, whips, pivots are all different. Um, jerk to me is basically just a drag with an option to continue the drag, to sit it 
or to break it back outside. That's what I've I refer to as a jerk. Uh, Marcus, do you refer to that as something else, a different route? I don't. I don't no, know. that's 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 a jerk. A okay. whip is a little bit different. Yeah, a whip a whip is designed to 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 dive inside and then get back out, and you don't have an option. Right. Where a jerk, you have the option. Basically, that's that again. That's Correct. The, from what I've learned, there's so many different phrases and words for other people who learn different stuff from different people. But this is what, this is what I refer to as a jerk route. I'll just the option to sit. Um, and again, gets into the route with pace, sees that there's a yeah. soft spot, him and Tannehill are on, on, on the, on the same page pretty much. That's, that's all it is. Attacks the ball, good body control. Yeah. Yeah. Like what are you seeing? I mean, same thing. I mean, I feel like we've seen with the exception of the two crossing routes, we've seen this on every clip. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, so, Obviously, you know what his game is, you know, and I mean, he does it well. You know, good, uh, definitely like, obviously, you don't want to sit down, sees his own coverage. <clears throat> uh, mm-hmm. Tannehill gets the ball out. Yeah, and he stags it out there, you know, picks up, you know, he picks up some good yards. Mm-hmm. You know, tough to bring down, too, you know, if you didn't see that. Tackling-wise, like, yep. he's, you know, he's strong. He's tough to bring down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I label this as a bump cut. Again, that's what I refer to it as when you're literally looking to to have that contact. And I forget who who that phrase is, is from, but you're looking to initiate that contact. Um, mm-hmm. Really, like not what's the word? Not not whatever the opposite of subtly is. Like you're you're looking to to really yeah, you, initiate. Yeah, you're, you're yeah you're initiating the contact. Yeah. Yeah. So I call that a bump cut. But um, again, I think a good job with the sh- with the shoulders down, shortening the stride before the before the break, dropping the hips, getting physical. Um, mm-hmm snap the head around, get the eyes back to the ball. And the ball is, yeah. is there quick. So he has to adjust to that ball relatively quickly. So, yeah, no, it's a good catch. And obviously, <clears throat> again, showing the strength of his hands, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the ball's a little bit outside. And he's still able to, you know, bring it in, catching the front of the ball, you know, and, and bringing it in. I mean, this is going to be, I mean, honestly, this is, you know, the more that he runs these, you know, coming up, you know, depending on how they design the concepts and everything, I mean, this could be tough on the DB, especially the smaller ones. You know, him initiating contact with his size and his strength, yeah. you know, he can catch these all day. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, and the one thing I like about him too, like a, like a side note is, and I'm sure you feel the same way. Again, you you played against these guys. Like, I'm sure you have some, obviously, I'm exaggerating, remember receivers who are like your enemies. Um, but receivers like to, like, to, like to talk a lot and stuff like that. Like I, it seems like Douglas, like likes to bring in like a lot of these, like these like leaders, like soft spoken, tough, physical dudes. Um, and, and Corey Davis is a guy who like barely speaks, but as you can tell, is like tough as hell. And, like, I, I like his mentality too. like, not going to go down on first contact physical, um, right. somebody who I feel like, listen, like just based on what I watched and I, I try to watch this on film too. And I'm watching all the snaps. It's like, if he doesn't get targeted for, for three drives in a row, what, what is his body language like? Um, and he seems like one of those guys where if he, if he has to throw four blocks in a row, a crack block on a safety, like he's not going to bitch about it, which, which to me is important in terms of like a team, like you, Absolutely. you want to win as a team. Like, do you feel that too? Obviously you're, you're yeah, a coach too. So it, I'm it, sure you, you hate receivers yeah, no, on the sideline. Yeah, no, you can see the, body, you can see his body language, even because he's a willing blocker. And this is a perfect rep right here on the top for this, by the way. So, yes. It's, that's naturally embedded, embedded in his game. So for him, He's not one of the, you know, he's not one of those diva wide outs that, you know, because he's not getting the ball, then he's taking the play off. Like he's involved in every play, um, you know, and he's that kind of player. And I, and honestly, you know, as you said, he's one of those guys where he's the perfect team guy. If you want him to block four or five times in a row, he's going to block four or five times in a row and take pride in it. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll get his balls when he gets them. Um, 
know, obviously, you know, I think he's confident where, you know, if the ball is coming his way, if the ball is where it's supposed to be, he's going to catch it. Um, so, you know, I don't think he's worried about that, but I think he's one of those guys that he loves the game. He loves to play football with his blocking or catching or chipping DNs or whatever it is like that's, he's all about it. And, and it's perfect too, for, for two reasons, like the blocking, like we've talked about is like with that outside zone system, like, listen, like, like getting that, that crack on a safety or a linebacker might allow your, your, you know, um, running back to get to the outside or like here, like on, on some of these, on some of these runs, like, like driving this on, on a stock block, like getting this receiver all the way to the sideline, like closing ground, getting good extension, getting his hips under him, strong, right. gr- strong grip and just driving them. Like you don't, there's some, yeah. there's some receivers who don't do that. And, and another thing too, like with the mentality that he has, like the calm demeanor, like you said, like not like blocking four or five plays in a row. Like, do you think that's something that's maybe, I don't want to overstate it, but um, I think that's pretty important with a rookie rece- uh, quarterback coming in too. Like, it's not like you have like, you know, and, and maybe I'm being unfair to whoever it may be, but just based on what I've seen from broadcasts and stuff, like you're, you, it, you don't have a, a Des Bryant or an Odell Beckham or, or one of these guys who might get a little bit frustrated if you're not getting the ball. So um, I think it's pretty important for a rookie too. No, no. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because you know, he's not worried about getting the ball. So it takes less pressure off the quarterback, mm-hmm. particularly if he's a rookie. So you don't have to worry about that. Hey, give me a second. Let me go around my charger real quick. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, and just, and, and speaking um, about that while Marcus is, is gone, it, again, it's, it, you don't, and, and a veteran, in my opinion, might have the, and he will, it, depending on who, who they are and how established they are in the NFL, but a veteran might tell a guy to go eat shit. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't care about, um, you know, if you want the ball, like that wasn't play the, part of the concept I went through, you know, you were my fourth read on this concept and I, and I hit my third, like I didn't get to you. Like it's a, it's a part of the offense. So um, it is important for a receiver to not have that necessarily diva mentality with a young guy, like, you know, the Daniel Jones to the, to the Odell Beckham um, type deal. Uh, Mark, I don't know if you can, you can hear me while, while you're walking away, but uh, like I said, I just think it's important. <laughs> you, you did or you no, did? No, it is. Yeah, uh, no, I didn't know. It's, it's very, it's, like I said, it's very important. I mean, especially when you want to, obviously you want to take, especially if he's a rookie, you want to take, you know, take as much pressure off for the quarterback as you possibly can. Yeah. So if you're one of these guys that, <clears throat> you know, you're telling the guy to go eat shit or whatever it is, you know, you're not helping him because now, mm-hmm. as opposed to him reading the offense and running the play as it's designed, now he's looking at you because he's worried about you. You know, as opposed yeah. to just running the offense the way that it's supposed to be. So, or or maybe uh, feel like if you're if you're the ice like if let's say if Corey Davis was one of those receivers and like now he feels pressure like you have a three by one set and like he he's he's alerting for no reason to to make the 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 four the one and now it's his first read or like or he's gonna or he's gonna rush reads to get to him like you don't want you don't want right. that type of thing. Um, right. So yeah, I th- again I think it might you know, don't don't completely overvalue that but i think it's something to, to jot down oh no uh, that has great value it has great okay. no you're no you're not right you're not wrong in that it has great value absolutely okay. bottom bottom <clears> of the <throat> screen uh davis altered speed mm-hmm. yeah so again he's not hit here but um this right. is another one of those like 90 stem him outside break inside and really turn on the jets after that point that's that's pretty much all that is at least it, you know i'm sure you're gonna add on to something yeah no i mean no it is uh like the stem definitely attacks the dv's leverage widen 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 boom stick your foot in the ground and now once you get him you know you know i know you've heard the phrase you know once you're even, you know he's even he's yeah, leaving yeah, <laughs> kind of deal i know um, you love the shuffle technique right here from the corner as well right yeah, that's terrible. 
So, but again, <laughs> but but right there, he's pretty much even. You know, once he gets to the break, right, that's even. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you you know consider width and and, and that. So once it once the wide eye gets you to that point, and obviously, and also the DB's leaning like he's going to run a stop route you know, mm-hmm. or whatever it is for whatever reason I don't know why. Um, so and he creates that separation. Boom! He accelerates. Now he's open. You know, I wish you, know, you kind of wish Tannehill would have seen this, but. And but I don't yeah, know where the I mean, DB's eyes are too. Like that's that's where you can get the DB's. Tan- yeah, watching uh-huh. Tannehill. <laughs> yeah, um, that's where I, they are. <laughs> trust me, there were some times where I was watching like Bless Austin film last year, or whoever it may be, not just Bless Austin, where I was like, I wish Marcus was here because we um, <laughs> we feel the same way about like looking back too long or shuffle techniques or no man's land. Like I just. Uh, it drives me crazy. But again, he's not hit here. Obviously, there's pressure in Tannehill's face, et cetera. But I, I still think that's a good route to to, to jot down. So we got about uh, six, seven more plays here. Um, let's see. Davis route bottom. I know you said like usually it's like 15, 20 plays you can watch every guy and pretty much get a pretty good feel for him. Um, yeah. So we'll give you 20. So bottom of the screen. Uh, he's impressed. I, I, you know, again, we're not valuing the quarter of the corner. It's a little bit of no man's like two or three <laughs> yards off. I would argue to get out even a little bit tighter because you're not really doing much for yourself here. Um, but yeah, it's not bad. Two and is not bad. I'll take that. It, now, if you're gonna, I don't it, like that. The, 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 weight on the, <laughs> the weight on the heels eventually and that little false like step. You just, yeah, the first thing he does is weight on the heels, big forward step, and all of a sudden ass to the sideline. Yeah, I was gonna say like if you, if you if you wanted to play this like you have to be you have to be careful in terms of backpedaling like you do want to be more aggressive like you don't necessarily have to jam but you you have to at least get a shuffle in but you don't want to wait wait on the heels type deal. No, I mean if you're gonna do this, especially at this depth, this is the depth where you soft press. So if you're gonna soft press, I'm good with the depth. Obviously, everything else everything else is 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 I just say bad. I won't say terrible. I'm trying to. Yeah, no, it's not bad. bad. It's not, it's not, again, it's not some Jets corners who just open their hips up immediately and start bailing. Like the weight yeah, is on the true. heels, which you don't want to <laughs> see necessarily, but um, another, another hop step from, from, from Davis right here. Um, the one, two on that, on that outside foot stem towards yep. him, break inside. Uh, I don't know what the break is. I don't know what the route's going to be. Okay. Ooh. That's watching the full speed. I mean, he sold him either way. He actually had him both ways. If he's going in, he's got him. If he's going out, obviously he beats him outside. But right, th- I mean, right there, I mean, even though the DB would have been, I mean, is closing, but there's still that gap's too too wide. And and here, I mean, obviously he's running the route that's called. But if he had any kind of option route, he had him. He had him both ways. You know, just you know, from the line. You know, hey. he did all the work. He did all the work and 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 really put himself in an advantageous position where he can go either way. And um, again, like, so like, like now are some of his breaks as tight as a guy who's five, seven? Um, no, but it, like, I, I think no. you, it's really, it would be really stupid and unfair to not factor in his size at like six, three. Um, right. But again, he's not, he's not overextending into that stop step. He's really slamming it down to the ground. Like some guys really lunge into, it. he's not necessarily lunging into it. He's slamming over it. Um, mm-hmm. th- what about, let's say one, two, three three break outside drive step is under him again under his frame yep. he gets over top of it so it's it's he's not he's not drifting upfield and the yep. subtle use of the hands again here too which i didn't notice the first time that's yep. why you really got to slow it down but outside to clear that arm and then right to, yep. to to make sure he cleared it right yep he cleared himself through yeah the person that i think is going to benefit from this the most 
is Mims. Oh, there you go. Because, you know, Mims, when we looked at him when he was coming out, you know, he would take those huge steps when he was coming out, you know, when yes, he was going into his break. Yep. 100%. Yes. Yep. If he works with Corey, like, wow. Seriously. And like, because he would say, you know, he's not <laughs> as heavy as Corey, but similar frame, you know, I mean, yeah, he's not, he's not far off. Obviously, mm-hmm. height, you know, I think Mims is faster. Um, but if he can understand how to use his speed, you know, kind of like Corey does and learn how to keep his, you know, when he's breaking and keep his hips under him, you know, drive step underneath him. I mean, I, I think he can learn a lot from, from watching, just from I, watching him. I, I think, almost want to pull it up, but I'm not going to, um, I remember there was a, there was a hitch route. I, it was a hitch or a curl. I forget, but I talked about it for almost five minutes straight. But like, what the hell are you doing? But he, I, I talked about how impressive his break was, even for over, over like lunging, overextending into the break. Where like, like you said, like if he could learn how to keep his frame kind of, kind of underneath his hips, underneath his shoulders, um, in some of his breaks and not lunge into stuff, like he has. I, I we agree. Like I like Mims a lot in terms of his physical capability, and yeah. you know, again, not completely crap on Sam Darnold. He's gone now, but um, when when. Joe Flacco was here, like he was making plays for that four that that four game stretch, and then Donald came in and he was pretty much he's pretty much a goner. Um, but when Flacco was right. playing and was hitting them deep, like he was making some legitimate like crazy plays, which I I love it. Um, right here he's he's like a you have like a you can call this like a tight end wing. This like a this like a wing set right here. Um, yeah. again, he's more of like an H back tight end right here. Uh, which is which is good. Obviously, again, he has that versatility to, to play in that box a little bit. And sometimes he blocks from here, like he'll insert on an ISO, whatever it may be. Uh, right. But again, oh, got him. Yeah, that's that's yep. an, that's another good break on a on a <laughs> on a speed out. Like he's not he's not peaking before the break. Like he, he again nope. dips his shoulders, like selling that vertical, you know, quickly, not overextending mm-hmm. into that into that step. Maybe maybe it just a tiny bit. I would actually argue just a tiny tiny bit. Um, yeah. And I think I think, and 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 this is just me being the player. Okay. So if if just me watching, if I'm watching film, mm-hmm. I, what I see from this is, I mean, obviously, I, I think it's a good break, but I think his break is like that is because as soon as he sees the the corner commit that one step, now he's got him, so he can cross him over. If that makes sense, and he's just doing it on the run. So now. So, so you don't think this run. is so you're saying like you don't think it's a time route, it's more of like a feel thing where he was kind of it's like mid stepped yeah. and just did it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Cause if we look at the rest of his breaks, he doesn't his steps aren't that big. So now he's going, the DB probably commits faster than what he thought. He was like, oh shoot. And he Yeah, he, oh shit. He crosses Half, halfway yeah. through his through his step. Gotcha. Right. And he just go and he just go goes ahead and, and gets into the route. You know, which and he's right, you know, in doing so. You know, you know what I'm saying. Even though he doesn't get the, you know, he doesn't get the ball, but he he was right though. You know, in doing that. So once he saw the overcommit, you know, by the by the corner, you know, he went ahead and crossed them over. Obviously, he didn't get the ball, but it's still a good route. Yeah, you got to watch that stuff. That's a that's a great point. It really is. Um, top of the screen right here. Again, a tight split or whatever the hell you you call that. <laughs> I forget yeah. forget what you said. Well, double nasty. Double nasty. Was that a tight end? Wait, it's, it, it'd it's be nasty. It'd be deuce nasty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you should say you should say because I I have like the I forget what what system I have because like again like 
Yeah. Um, I have a lot of like, I have a lot of like plays where like the formations, like I try to remember them sometimes, but formations I don't really care about, but yeah, if, for, if, yeah I mean, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's not important, but I was saying if you can actually, like, if you, if, if you were willing to, like you could send me some of your stuff and maybe I could, uh, you know, yeah, see, see, so and, and we, I do it. I, it's simple. To, I, I don't, I, the systems that over the years, I mean, I've obviously compiled several different systems into like in my head. So you just pick out what you see. So yeah. it's 11 person. Yeah. So it's 11 yeah. personnel. I mean, you got twins on it. So like some people call this twin slot, like with the tight end, with the tight end, you know, up in the, in the up position, even though he's, you know, half a yard away from the line, they call it twin slot. So we call it when the tight end is on, like we call it deuce. All right. So te- technically if we were going into the game, just to keep it simple for our kids, we would call this the same thing. We would still call this deuce just because he's not complete. Like he's not in the backfield. He's not inserted, you know, behind the tackle. This is what you know, I hear. People, like, like this is, this is what I refer to as like why off. Like he's wide, but he's, he's a little yeah, bit off. He's wild. off. Yes. But so we'll call it, you know, we may call it just depending on who we're playing. If, if they run a certain play out of this, we may, you know, tinker, you know, with the formation to where we'll call it, you know, we, we may call it deuce off, for example. Mm-hmm. So you're still saying why off, but you're just saying do so mm-hmm. because of the the, yeah. Refer- yeah, the formation that it refers to. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's say uh, D uh, Davis decent break extension. Yeah. There's like, there's like formations where it's like, Oh, it's, it's, it's Trey versus trips. If the tight ends out there, you can do like well, wide off trips and what? Yeah. That, those are actually different. No, I know. So I know. Like, I know. I'm, yeah, yeah, no, I know. I'm saying but like, <laughs> just, just like trying to like remember all the stuff we're talking about, but then also formations like, Oh, oh, I I, oh, yeah. I I try to generally, but um, yeah, guy over here also he, has a full time job. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you know, you're right, and sometimes yeah. you get some tricky ones in there. It can be tough. Yeah, I agree. Oh yeah, it, it happens yeah. I, again. And in and in and in three years, will I know more than I know now? For sure. Yeah. Also, forget some stupid crap. Like there's sometimes I'm like, what the hell is an inside zone? Like obviously I'm joking, but like it's, right. it's pretty simple. But I'll, like I'll forget really dumb stuff. I'm like, what? What is he supposed to do on this? Um, okay, so top of the screen, mm-hmm. a lot of he, he did want a lot of speed outs, a lot of crossers, like a lot of inside yeah. outside breaks, you know, some like yep. square breaks, things like that. But like not not a lot of like comebacks and things like that. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, but with with Tennessee's offense, that's gonna be their game plan because when you have someone like Davis that helps you in your blocking game. You're gonna see, you know, and, and with the condensed splits, you're gonna see a lot of speed outs, yeah. a lot of over outs, a lot of crossers. You won't see a That's lot of, you know, you'll see, yeah, you'll see a few curls, but you know, not until they really spread out, which I think works mm-hmm. against them because you can really, you really know what they're doing at that point. But you know, if you keep them, you keep the, the splits reduced, then obviously he can go either way, whether it be speed out or over out. Exactly, because you, know, you don't want to run those curls in, into the into the the traffic of the defense. You know, right. so yeah. Um, and so the extension to the ball, um, I, I would say he, he could, he, he could drop his weight or kind of commit a little bit more to that stop. Like he's a, he's a little bit too upright. Um, yeah. so it, it rounds out a little bit, but overall still good. Um, and again, extension to the ball, uh, body yeah. control, you know, all, all of that, that he, that he does, that all we've seen, that. you know? Yeah. All of that. The mm-hmm. thing that I do like seeing that speed out, I can kind of get a, it was actually just a better view. I don't know why I just picked it you up. Want me to go back to but, it? Uh, I mean, you don't have to, but I was just going to say when he does come out of his break, he, you see him, you see him forcefully take himself back downhill. Like, you know, Flat. once he comes down, 
Now he's coming back down. Yeah, mm-hmm. instead of just going flat across, he's coming down to attack the ball. You know, and I think for him, that's just because he's used to attacking the ball, that's ingrained in him. So he's going, you know, he's definitely trying to get back to the ball so he can attack the ball. Instead of that route. Instead of obviously so, the extreme example of of drifting, not just flattening, but flattening back towards the ball more, which is now right. not allowing that DB to get that 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 upfield outside arm wrapped and correct. pull himself through. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Seventeen. Okay, we got four plays left. Uh, top of the screen. He's he's isolated. Let's see him versus press. Oh, nice. shuffle release. Yeah, that's what, so. That's why I refer to it as shuffle release. Square yeah. him up. I like it. Yeah, it's good, good setup too. Watch as soon as he as soon as the DB. Right, it's over. Yeah, and this again, because he's square. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, and and what the what the again, what I refer to as a shuffle release is literally just shuffling the feet as you're more moving horizontally to to one either square him up or and and or to to move him outside while staying while staying square so you can break back inside. But that's why that's why I refer to as a shuffle right there. Um, Again, and just that 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 one two outside defeating Mm -hmm. the the arm with that with that swipe. Yep. Snaps it back inside pretty good. And then uh again, contested catch. Yep, contested catch, yeah. Attacking so. the ball. But I definitely like his setup, his setup move. You can definitely tell he's he's not just running the route. You can see he's intentionally reading the hips of the DB. Like you can, I mean, you can just see it. Yeah, Every and all this breaks, you can see him. Marcus, I cannot emphasize how much I love that point. Like literally love that point right now because look at his eyes on this yeah. play. Yeah, eyes on hips. You could tell where his yeah. eyes. That's that is perfect. That is a perfect point. Yeah, that's definitely intentional. Mm-hmm. Once he once he get he gets him going, DB's hips are parallel to the sideline. Boom! I got you. He crosses back over. Absolutely. And the thing that, like again, you play at a much higher level than I did. But like even in high school, like the it's moving so fast, like that, like the fact that he's able, like this, like patient, like the patience he has in his routes for a play that unfolds in two seconds, like one, two, done. Like you don't understand, like I don't think people understand how hard that is to, when we're rewinding it and playing it over, like to, to have that mindset and that, like, that patience um, in such a quick time frame is like right. super important and super That's underrated. Right. Yeah, no, it, no doubt it is. Because um, everything happens so damn quick. I can't imagine the NFL. Like there's some high school kids who would like – just burnt. Like I got burned a couple of times, you know, obviously I played in freaking high school. Was I great? No. Was I okay? Yeah, sure. But uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I can't, I can't imagine. So yeah, out and up right here again, yeah. one of, I, I'll run through it, but it, there's a lot of, again, the, the physicality, the, the peak back to the ball, selling it, getting mm-hmm. deep. Like there's another good route. Yeah. Another good route. I definitely like the sale right there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Definitely like the sale. Yeah, like a split. I, again, like it's like a split release where you bring that 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 back foot back, and it's kind of just able to read the, the defensive back, which is William Jackson, who was a good defensive back in, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Again, physicality, the push off, snap back to yep. the ball, uh, clearly sells Jackson on that. Jackson starts breaking like he's gonna make a play on the ball, and yep. gives him enough room to get to get vertical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good route. Not af- not afraid to to, uh, to bring the ball in in some traffic. I'm sure he knew that safety was coming down because he tucks the ball away really quickly, drops the shoulder. Yep. Hell yeah. All right. Two plays left. Let's see. Uh, split release concentration. I think that's what that's labeled. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, top of the screen right here, the, the, the point, whatever, again, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, some, I know some people refer to only like some people, again, we'll call this like a, like a tight inverted slot or, you know, the receivers are stacked or, you know, I know yeah, some people yeah. only refer to it to a point in a trip set. Like it's, it's all. Yeah. Whatever. If, true trips, if he, if he's true trips, it's, he's the point here. It'd be stacked. Yeah. The formation would be trips. Stack. Yeah. So, so see, that's what I'm saying. Like some people, that's why, that's why I kind of threw yeah. out both. Like it's a stack or point, like whatever. Like I've heard both. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, okay. So um, he's where he is. The split release again, um, bring the, bring the up foot back. And again, it's just a lot like for me, what that does, it's, a, it's allowing you to read that defensive back. That's what the split release is. So like some people yeah. are like, Oh, it's a false step. It's not a false step. He's just not, no. he doesn't, he doesn't want to get even right here and bring himself up and the DB is going to be right in his grill. So he's kind of trying to be a little bit more patient read the defensive back and see what he's going to do from there. So it's more of a, of a patient. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not a false step, but it's actually, you ever heard of foot freeze for D lineman? Like in the D lineman's rush, particularly, it's more like three technique. They give him foot freeze. So, if you explain, is, it, I might call it something different. All right, yeah. So, foot basically, the foot freeze is what he's doing here with the split release. So now, if you watch the DB and you watch his feet, he gets stuck in the ground. So let it play a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Boom. he he, he jump splits. See how the DB is stuck now? Yep, jump split. Yep. As opposed to maybe shuffling a little bit, you know, so mm-hmm. he can back up a little bit, get himself into the route. When you when you use the when split releases are basically is the same as foot freeze for the D lineman. You just you want to make the the player in front of you hesitate for that split second, so you oh. can either get around or you yeah. can attack. Okay, yeah, it's just called foot freeze. Yeah, no, that's, that's what it is. So, but that's in no way is that a false step though. No, that's what, that's why like I wanted to preface say, it by saying yeah. that. I know people are like, oh, it's a false step. It's not a false step. It's a split release. It's not a false so, step. No. Um, and with defensive linemen, like you see them do that a lot. Um, you see that with edge rushers too, like where they where they get that foot yes. freeze, where you where where they they ang- it's, it's it's about the angles too, and 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 uh, right. subtle stabs inside like that. And like you still see a lot of that that post foot, which again the to me, let's just say it's a, it's, a, it's a left tackle. The the inside foot, if he's ki- if he's just going to a kick slide, the up foot is the is the kick step and the uh, or, or the post foot and the back foot's the the kick the kick foot. So that's again how I refer to it, but you see a lot of guys like try to freeze that post foot on uh, on tackles. But um, you see that with angles, you see that with a lot of things. But I, I think it's more of like a yeah. general term foot freezes, or you're talking about like in terms of just free, freezing uh, freezing the feet. Like, yeah, you see a lot of guys. Jakai right. Polite actually did that a lot in college, where he'd give guys subtle moves inside our workers' angles where that that post foot would get stuck in that ground for just an extra second and it really throws off yeah. their base. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. so split release right here. Again, reads it. Yep. Hands. A little bit. Fine. He pulls himself through right there. Attacks the elbow, yep. which I talk about that a lot too. Is like it, it could be receivers. It could be corners. It could be defensive linemen. It could be whoever. But like the general aiming point is the elbow. Because if you miss, if you miss high, you're at, you're at the, the, the tricep. If you miss low, you're at the forearm. But like sometimes people aim like just towards the hand of the wrist, which gives you that shorter area um right like that, that smaller area to attack so if you miss you're kind of screwed where the elbow mm-hmm. is the best point to attack one because that's where you're it's like your lever so you could really bend the arm and, and two it gives you a bigger window to hit even if you do miss kind of um Great. i don't know if i explain that the best way but that's how i think about it so 
don't know if that makes that makes sense. Like, do you agree yeah, with that? No, or it makes sense. I mean, it makes sense to me. I don't know about everybody else. No, okay, <laughs> no just, it makes sense. <laughs> I, well, I hope that's why people are here. Is like we want to get a little bit into the nitty gritty, but that's why I've always been taught. Like, whether it be like coaching clinics, like whatever I watched. Uh, which is, I think it's important for like fans too, which like I, I get a lot of like the WFAN stuff, like like ESPN radio, but like not, who, is Michael K and Don LaGreca on ESPN radio talking about this? No, but they'll, they'll give you opinions right. of how good the guy, they, the guy is, but they don't know what the hell they're talking about, right. um, which drives me crazy. I'm sure it drives you crazy too, even more so. So split yeah, release. Usually I don't listen. Oh, he's got to check. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, and he beat him off the line. Like I said, with, Soon as he he came out of the split release, he mm-hmm. pulls by. Now he's got him inside now breaking route with him stacked to your outside hip. Uh, it's over. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> yeah, it's over. Good break too. Keeps keeps good speed throughout the whole route. Snaps yeah. it. Another contested catch, or yeah. relatively not not necessarily con- well contested, but like another catch where he really having to use like um, kind of having to alter his his body that body control that you spoke about um, is mm-hmm. good right there. Let's see man, if I have the angle. Man, he attacks the ball, man. So he snags, he snags the ball out of the air. I like yeah, that. and it. So it looks like he, right. he he almost he almost mistimes it, bringing his hands yeah. up, where it almost squirts through a little bit. But you see some of the strengths of the fingertips right there to bring that yeah. in, and, and yeah. then the concentration to to readjust to it. You know. Yeah, I mean the, the, the dude's got great body control. I mean, along with the strong hands, like I mean, mm-hmm. as you saw you saw in that play as well. All right, let's see last. Uh, Last play here, then we'll get some of Marcus's overall thoughts um, on on Corey Davis. So, leans a little. I don't know where I'm talking about leaning a little. Again, drive phase, good. Selling deep for sure. Mm-hmm. Coming off with pace. And the thing that I do like about him, and this is one of the things that I think I've talked to you about this earlier, being a taller guy, even for DBs, um, you can't, you don't, you, you're, you don't run particularly at wideouts and a defensive back, you know, especially you're trying to break on shorter routes or he's breaking on, on shorter routes. You don't run at your full stride length. So if you watch mm-hmm. his knee drive, he runs with somewhat of a high knee. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when you run, you run with a high knee, you mm-hmm. shorten your stride by like half a stride. Yep. But that also keeps your hips and everything underneath you. So you can break. Now, obviously if you go, if we were to go back to the post route that he ran, you see the knee drive, but once he opened up, then you saw his normal stride length. You saw that gate, yep. Yes, yeah, but that's... It, but but it, on the intermediate routes and things like that, you see the high knee, the subtle high knee to make sure that he keeps his hips and everything under him, and he he can you know come out of his breaks you know quicker than what you would think you know for a guy that's so tall and so big. And I I, don't, I think we already spoke about that, but um. Yeah. And like, and again, like that's what we talk about. You talk about that a lot with like Julio Jones is like those yeah. high knees where like, that's the part where you're selling the hundred, but really going 90 and short exactly. strides obviously leads to leads to more, um, uh, condensed breaks. Uh, if you're over striding, like, like run, run with full stride length and then, and then try to break versus we're shortening your stride where again, you're selling it and try to break, you know, obviously running with shorter strides, selling the hundred, but running 90 is going to lead to better breaks. It's, uh, right. That's another thing where it's like it's it's a little bit hard to to explain, but it makes perfect sense. And I mentioned that in his training weaknesses, where he really does shorten his his stride um, with like with those high knees. That's something I mentioned uh, mm-hmm. in in that in those training weaknesses, which I didn't read this time. But uh, yeah, like you don't want to see guys completely opening up 
um, and then trying right. to get into a break unless, unless they're trying to beat you vertical, um, and right. run you over the top. Like if you're stacked, like, okay, then, then go full gate. But <clears throat> another good break drops his, drops his yep. weight into, into the break, obviously slam himself over it. Yep. One, two stops drive or no. So I call it stop, stop, break, drive, step line. Right. And he's, he's on it. And then again, an adjustment to the ball attacks yep. it extends to it he's not he's not a body catcher which is great which and is then, great um, yes he's gonna be yeah. he's not gonna go down easily so nope yards after the kick he's gonna be tough to bring down no he he no he's he's i mean i love his route running i really i really like i like his game a lot okay so i mean he we're done with he, the film so has, give me like your yeah. overall like thoughts on him like some of his major strengths like again it's like when i when i was watching his game like there's some nitpicky things i can get into like like one of the like whatever it may be um but i had almost a tough time getting weaknesses like i think he's really sorry I, I, the route running easily one of his strongest things um yes. which i could say is probably his mo- his best trait in my opinion um and his like body control and things like that like but he's again like almost like really good at everything, but like a, a master of, of none to me. Um, but I don't see a lot of weaknesses um, for him. But like Man, overall, I, like what are your thoughts on on? Yeah, on I, I mean, I honestly don't see. I mean, we all supposedly have weaknesses. I'm like you. It's hard for me to point out. You know, obviously, what his weaknesses are now. Obviously, we didn't see the full gambit of you know, quote unquote, the route tree. You know, we saw mainly speed outs, mm-hmm. crossing route. You know, a few curls. Um, you know, we did see the post route, which is a, it's still a vertical route. You know, we didn't see straight goals or anything like that. I'm not yeah. really, you know, I'm not one of those guys that's overly concerned about that. I'm more of an intermediate guy. How can you run digs? How can you run crossers, curls? Are you good at getting off press in the slant, which we saw that he was? Um, is he physical, uh, you know, versus uh, whether it be press or if the DB is trying to hold his ground? Obviously, we know that. Uh, he blocks. Great hands catcher, which is super important. You know, that's right underneath route running ability, uh, you know, hands catcher. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I think he has good speed. I don't think it's blazing, but I think it's good enough. the way that, yeah, I think the mm-hmm. way that he runs his routes, though, yeah. like his, he's probably faster than what we really think, to be honest with you. But because of the way that he runs his routes, when he's setting DBs up, you don't really know what his real speed is until you actually get out there and he's by you. Then you figure it out, you know, you figure it out at that point. Especially um, with like his ability to alter his speed too. Um, yeah. And yeah, like I don't like, so that's something I'm going to mention. I know a lot like more in the next thing because I know I or the next like, segment I do, which will be um, in a couple of days or whatever from when you listen to this. But uh, yeah, some of the like, again, not a lot of vertical routes in his game. So that's like a slight question you can ask again. And some of the, the comebacks and curls, I, I think, for me, he's not the first stop step. He really commits that first stop step, but the second and third, he kind of starts to lean out of it. And obviously you mm-hmm. want to fully commit your eyes and your body to that break because it, when you start to lean out, obviously it's going to round more. You're not going to be able to snap back to the ball uh, right. as quickly. Um, so I want to see a little bit of change in that. But overall, like, again, maybe they're nitpicking, maybe they're not. Again, it, 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 you need that stuff for a, good, for a really good receiver. So I'm nitpicking, but I think it's important. Um, but yeah, even ra- like, like some of the... I really do like the releases. I really do like the routes. Like even just this, I'm bringing up an extra one, but like you have another hop step and I call this yep. a squirt release. So it's basically, you can do whatever release you want and then just a race outside with three steps. So one, two, three, break underneath, 
another push by, find the ball, attack it. Like the, the squirt release here with, with that hop step. Like, again, I, I bring up an extra play because I saw it. I was like, oh, I really like that play as well. But like, yeah. um, and I think the fit for the, I just want to bring up kind of as we're talking so people can watch in the background, and explain it quickly. But like, I, I really like the fit for the, for the offense for one, his, his mentality and, and the personality he kind of, or the mentality, I guess he brings to the game in terms of like a rookie quarterback. And then also like in terms of, you know, the, the Arthur Smith system um, here with Tennessee is, is really similar to what the Jets are running. A lot of, a lot of crossing routes, a lot of tighter splits to get involved yeah. in the running game, uh, a, a good amount of running. Um, you know, whether it be, like you said, like there's going to be some power plays, there's going to be some counter plays. Like as people talk about Salah, like, oh, he only runs zone. Even the heaviest zone guys in the NFL are running like 20, 25% man. Like you're never just going to run one thing. And I think that's Salah's number. Like he was like 30th in, in man coverage, but he still ran like 24% or whatever it was. So um, right. quickly, and then we'll get you off. Like what are your like, thoughts overall for, like, for the offensive system? Obviously it's similar, um, but I guess kind of to just wrap it up, like what are your thoughts on his fit with, with the Jets and with the system? Well, no, I, I think he fits perfectly in this system. I mean, and I was actually, while you were talking, I was thinking back to, uh, I was really trying to think back to kind of those earlier, I mean, even though it was more 21 personnel, that kind of stuff, uh, yeah. you know, with Denver, when they had McCaffrey and Rod Smith, um, or even if you go back to, if you look at Houston, when Quebec was in Houston, Dre was basically Corey, dig routes, speed outs, slants, mm-hmm. Uh, drive routes, you know, things like that. Crossers, you know, things like that. Obviously, Dre is faster than Corey. Uh, so you get a little bit more vertical threat, you know, out of Dre than, you know, than you do with Corey. But mm-hmm. I think he's a, I think he's a perfect fit for what they're looking for in this system. Um, now, he's going to be the guy making the tough catches over the middle, uh, blocking, you know, things like that. So I, I think he, he's a great fit. Now, I, I, I know you like watch the Jets and stuff and like Mims, I think for, for what we saw both in college and both like from what I saw last season, especially him with Joe Flacco, because he actually throws a deep ball. Um, he can win vertically. The, the problem with, with Mims last year, which was something I'm not overly concerned about because specifically us watching it and a lot of those like senior ball practices, we really saw Mims ability to get off of press. Um, mm-hmm. last year he was rushing his releases a little bit where he would, he would kind of like, he would either dive really far inside or really widen out to, to the outside. So his, his, his releases weren't on as points I wanted them to see, but, and I, and I know Davis is a guy who could really flex around the entire offense, but, um, right. Mims, Mim, he might struggle at X a little bit more at first because of his releases and like he just needs to kind of again have that patient, but that's that suddenness, but patience at the same time. Um, do you see, Mims playing more of the X and Corey, like the Z, the the H back, like all of that. Like, who do you think is a better fit for the for the X? Like uh, that that ISO receiver is going to take the top off the defense because, like, neat, I think both of them are like better fits at like the big slot Z blocking guys. Right. Like, I think Mims has a better contested catchability, like vertically, but his releases aren't as good as Corey. Where obviously, as an X, as a split end in air quotes, you're going to face mm-hmm. more press. You know, so like, what do you what do you see in that? Well, I mean. You, they may, I mean, and, and it, the offense can be tweaked. So if they see that Bims is having a little bit more trouble off press, you know, with press, excuse me, you can flip the formation to where Corey's on the ball, Mims is off with the same route concepts. That's just a, another way of helping the wide out, you know. So it, Mims doesn't necessarily have to be on the ball, whether he's playing X or playing, you know, Z, you know, whatever, you know, whatever it is. So, yeah, uh, so if they, and if they do that, um, you know, obviously, if you want to label it, then that would make Corey the X, 
you know, in Mims is a, you know, if that's, you know, how you want to classify, but there's ways. Yeah. If you want to be technical about it, but there's ways that you can change that you can help Mims out. So whether it be moving off the ball, uh, but he's still running the same routes that the, you know, that the X would run, but you just move him off the ball and put Corey on the ball. Since Corey, you know, until he gets better at gaining off press, uh, get, gets better with his releases, is a little bit more patient, then you can probably go back to what you originally wanted to do with having him on the ball, um, you know, and running your offense. So just little things like that can help, can help Mims itself. It doesn't necessarily change the offense. Now, being off, the only thing that I would say it would do is – depending on what route he's running, the route may be a little shorter yardage-wise, like a yard, mm-hmm. um, you know, or something like that. But it, you don't necessarily have to change the concepts or change his position just to make it work, you know, to make it work for him. And again, just like, you know, I said in my earlier point, him working with working with Corey on releases, Corey showing him how to be more patient, uh, you know, having some of the subtle moves, you know, I think will help him, you know, by the time the season starts and you'll see yeah. them you know, start to use some of those moves, you know, and be a little bit more patient, you know, just having Corey in the room and explaining it to him and working with him at practice every day. Yeah. And Mims too, like people have to understand, like he didn't have a preseason. He was injured during camp. He only mm-hmm. played like five or six games and he was like rushed into it with, let's be fair, a bad quarterback and a bad coach. Like let's, let's people got to chill a little bit on Mims. Um, I, I think Mims has that ability to like, again, whatever you want to label it um, like that. And I hate, like, I hate labels but like that receiver to really take the top off the defense because of like his ability deep. Um, I feel like he could be that number one where like Corey's like the, the one B or like the high end number two, like, and having a really high end number two for $12 million. Like I'm cool with that. Like, listen, Nelson Aguilar just got twelve and a half million dollars more than Corey Davis. And like right. it's Nelson Aguilar, like, I'm sorry, but like the dude was terrible for years and years and years and had a decent season with the Raiders. Now he's getting paid more than Corey Davis. Like I, I don't get it, but, um, Marcus, we appreciate you having you on. Um, no, no problem, man. You, you'll be you'll be back, um, sure, for a different show. We'll we'll figure something out. But any uh, any closing <laughs> any closing uh, words for the for the Jets fans? I know people like when we bring you on the show. Oh no, nah, man! Just uh, definitely glad to be on. Glad to be back talking some football because I'm in in the home. You don't do that enough in your in your, in your in your professional life, right? I don't know. We're always talking football. Something, yeah, we're always talking something regardless, you know, related to football. But mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what what the Jets put together, especially with the draft picks. I mean, obviously, we know quarterbacks going to go, but you know, which one of the you know will they pick a corner with the second pick? Will they make another choice? I know we're both pining for a corner. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, I can't watch it. Uh, I can't handle it. I can't handle more bad corner play. Yeah, so we're we're both you know on the corner you know on the cornerback train, but uh, I'm just looking. At, I'm really interested to see how they put this together. Obviously, you have the assets, um, so you know there's really. I mean, I hate to say it like this, but there's really no excuse why you can't find you know good players out of this draft. I mean, really, with the picks that that you know that's been accumulated by the Jets and by Douglas you should have plenty of plenty of guys to work with that can either be, uh, you know, instant guys that, you know, guys that make an impact immediately um, or at least be guys that come in there, you know, have an impact immediately on special teams and then work their way up into the starting lineup. You really have an opportunity to truly grow a football team, you know, here over the next couple of years, you know, and I'm, I'm looking forward to see what they do. 
Yeah, 21 draft picks in uh in in two years, and a lot of them being top 100 picks, not not late picks. Yeah. So uh, it's definitely gonna be exciting. Right. So, uh, Marcus, we appreciate it, and we'll have you back on in maybe a month, maybe a two. We'll recap some other players. We'll 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 see what happens, but we'll we'll have you back on. Yeah. Maybe we'll have you on a live stream where fans can interact with you a little bit as well. So, uh, yeah, we we appreciate you guys, and we'll see you uh, in a couple of days. Yeah.